You're listening to The Virgin Podcast with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to The Virgin Podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. This is in fact the first ever Virgin Podcast. And in today's programme, we talk to the man behind crowdfunding website Crowdcube. He is Luke Lang. So why don't we start, why don't you tell us the story behind Crowdcube? How did it come about? Yeah, I guess um, myself and my co-founder Darren Westlake uh, formed Crowdcube back in 2010. And it was really born out of... Darren's frustration previously, he's, he's run and set up a couple of businesses in the past and he's raised finance. He knew acutely how difficult it was and how pain, painful that process can be. Um, and interestingly, while watching Dragon's Den, he was inspired by um, the lack of investment from the Dragons. So Deborah, Theo and Duncan at the time were not interested in a particular idea. Um, Darren thought it was a, a great idea and worthy of the investment, but he didn't have the £50,000 or so to invest in that business. Um, but he felt that he did have yeah, a few hundred pounds and he, he felt that there were probably lots of other people out there like him. And, and so the idea of Crowdcube and crowd equity crowdfunding was born. He, he brought that idea into me. We used to work together at the same uh, company. Um, what company was that? The, the company was called Eclipse Internet. Um, it was part of the, the KCOM group. So we were working for a corporate at the time and we were both a little bit frustrated and demoralised with, with life. Um, and, and slowly we began to plot our escape by working on Crowdcube in our evenings and weekends and possibly in our lunch breaks as well. <laughs> and are you, are you a, like a computer programmer? Is that what you do? No, my, my background is, is in marketing. Darren's background is, is more tech. So he's the techie and I'm the marketeer. And did he um, actually design the site? No, we well we used um, an external company to design the site. So in the in the early days, we didn't have a lot of money. We had well no money really at all, um, and we um, outsourced the the development of the site to a company in Bulgaria. Oh wow! Um, so it was it was interesting. Those early days were, were were fascinating. You learn a lot about yourself. You know, we didn't. We, how, how did you fund it if you didn't have any money? Well. That, this was it. I mean, we did what all good entrepreneurs do. They turned to their fathers and their, their friends and family. And, and my dad put in £10,000 and Darren's dad put in £10,000. Plus, we financed it by you know, selling cars. And and I was um, living off of savings and and, yeah. um, and and doing a spot of moonlighting as a marketing consultant in, in the background. Um, and we launched the, the company on, on just £20,000. And you know, we spent that money and then... We turned to our brothers and our brothers-in-laws who put in a little bit more money and that kept us going until the stage where we were, you know, we felt that we were um, you know, a proper company and we were, we were funding businesses regularly and that gave us the confidence and the, and the strength. And so how long did that take? At what, what point were you a proper company? Well, you started in 2010. Yeah, so I, I guess we've, we launched in um, February 2013 and we funded our first business in July of that year. So it took... You know, it took five months for us to fund our first business, so that was quite a, a, a nervy process. Yeah. What business was um, that? It was a company called Bubble and Balm. They make um, they make soap and and um, toiletry product products. And, and how much they, did they you raise for them? They raised seventy five thousand pounds, which was actually quite a lot of money. Yeah. We were we were we were um, quietly very very pleased with ourselves that 
that um, the great British public had had seen some good in that company and wanted to back it. And was this a completely new bathroom company, or was it already reasonably well known? It was all it was already trading, so it was already selling its products in Tesco's and um, and and uh, Oxfam. So. Um, it had some traction. I think that was what appealed to to investors. But we quickly went on from funding you know, seventy five thousand for Bubble and Balm. You know, there was a our, our third business raised one hundred eighty thousand pounds. That was a, a ginseng spirit for cocktails. Very very, oh, yeah. very very exciting. So you can improve your brain power as you yeah, drink cocktails. A- absolutely. And then the the fifth business that we raised money for actually raised a million pounds, and that was a private members club. Um, based in in London, so we quickly went. Which, which members club is that? Um, it was a. Uh, they're called the the Rushmore Group. Their famous club is Milk and Honey. Okay, it yeah. seems odd that a private members club should turn to crowdfunding. There's a kind of contradiction yeah. there. Well, they had a they had their own crowd. I guess is, oh, I is the answer to that. So they were able to reach out to their their um, their members, their customers, and their, their customers were, were very keen to particip- participate and, and invest. Yeah, I, I find that with, with my own books that I've crowdfunded, uh, in fact, my publisher says this, the best writers are those that bring their own, have already got a following. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's I know there's a, a certain amount of people who are interested in the things I write about enough to, to fund it, and that's why... We were able to do it quickly, and I guess yeah. the same with those. Absolutely, and it, it's, it's as true today as it was when we first launched. You know, one of the first questions we ask a business is, you know, what's your your reach? What's your your friends and family, your own network, your own community? What's your customer base? You know, are you going to be able to reach out to those people and give them the opportunity to be able to invest and, and back your business? You know, and often you know those businesses that have built up that kind of social collateral and um, and, and 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 that network. Um, are the ones that go on to be a be a success. So you, the third company you raised was was a million pounds. You raised fifth, fifth company was a million. Uh, pounds, the fifth yeah. company, and and so what? What when was this? Twenty thirteen still. This, or this in... was back in twenty eleven. So still in our first year, um, and shortly after that million pound raise, we actually used CrowdCube to raise money for CrowdCube. So we put you know we put ourselves on our own platform and we raised. Three hundred thousand pounds from around about one hundred and fifty investors to help take CrowdCube to the to the next level. Okay, so I've got a bit confused in my years because I thought so. It was so your first raise. You started the company in twenty ten, and your first raise was actually uh, yeah. summer by five months into twenty eleven. Yeah, that right? so we we both started working full time on the company in two thousand and ten. Yeah, we launched um, publicly in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, so February two thousand and eleven, and we funded our first business in July 2011. Okay, and then and in that same year, you was your first million pound raise. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fantastic. So now here's a story I've been following. Um, when I came, became, I actually first heard about your site because I saw an advert in Money Week magazine um, for Camden Hell's Lager, which is a lager mm. I, I I drink. I have been known to drink, and uh, I, and I like very much. And I saw they were raising money. I thought, oh, I like Camden Hell's Lager. I'd like to put some money into that. Mm. And that's how I first discovered your site. Um, and I see Camden Hell's Lager has just. They were trying to raise one and a half million mm-hmm. at, you know, what I would consider to be a fairly high price, but that is irrelevant to this interview. But they have successfully done that, and they're already in excess of that. They've raised one point six million. Is that your biggest so far? Yeah, that, so so they've raised one point six million pounds so far, and they're continuing to to overfund. So I think they've had approaching two thousand individual people of all. 
backed and supported and invested in the company. So that's a fantastic achievement. It's not our biggest raise so far. We've got an, another company on the site at the moment called Just Park, which is a, um, a parking app. So if you've got a driveway that you want to rent out or you want to um, buy a parking space in, in, in an inner city of, of London or, or Manchester or, or, or Exeter, you can do so through their app. Oh, so it's um, like the Uber of parking. It is, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the sharing economy for, for, for parking. Well, so. no, perhaps um, the Airbnb for parking. Air, Airbnb for parking is a great is a great way of descri- describing it. And and they, they're already backed by... Um, um, a, a prominent VC in, in Index Ventures, one of one of Europe's leading venture capital firms, um, and they've got BMW as well as backers. So the app is already integrated into um, some minis. So. Oh, brilliant! You're going to put the council out of business. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, not hopefully, maybe. <laughs> um, so, well, that's very interesting. Tell us a couple more um, of the projects you've got on the thing. Uh, what is this foreign exchange company? This forex company you've got on there at the moment? Yeah, so that, I mean that's another exciting business that we've got on the site. I mean, there's a real there's a real diversity of different types of company. I think that's the that's the main thing to get across. You know, you've got food and drink. You can have environmental businesses. You can have forex companies. You can have um, um, companies that are working in in fintech, in in edtech. So there's a real there's a real different a real mix. There's something for everyone. And and you have some businesses that are startup. And you have some early stage. And even some some growth stage stage businesses as well. I've got two questions for you here, and mm. you speak there. My the first one is, what, you know, of all those different sectors of the economy that you mm. mentioned, which would you, which so far in your experience has been the easiest to raise money for? I, I guess it would have to be between tech. I think yeah. tech it always does well. It, it, it kind of really inspires the ideas behind um, tech businesses can can inspire, and they, they can be very disruptive and scalable and and you know they're using technology to to help overcome and and um solve problems so that that they generally do very very well and, and just park as the the app the, the car park app is is a great example of that you know they've raised 2.2 million pounds on the site so far um but also food and drink does very very well so camden town brewery as as, as you've already described you know, those types of companies can do very, very well. I, th- I always say that the great British public have a real passion for food and they, you know, they love their food and they like investing in food. And I think there's a real tangibility behind food and drink um, businesses and people can really get it and understand it. Yeah, there is. And if you're putting it in your body, you're happily reach into your wallet you know and you know if you like it that's that's a good way of becoming aware of a brand i suppose yeah and there's some great examples i can think of 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 one company called um righteous salad dressings and there's a great example of a lady that was interested in investing met up with the 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 founder they she, she went to waitrose and tried the the product loved it um, and decided to invest five thousand pounds into the business off the back of it. You know, that company has raised money twice on Crowdcube now. The first time was 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 for a marketing campaign to help um, increase the sales in in Waitrose and Whole Foods and and Tesco's, um, and the second time was because she was seeing in, interest from overseas, and she's now in um, over two thousand supermarkets in the U.S. and Canada, and over a thousand supermarkets here in the U.K. So so. A real success story of how crowdfunding can really help a business to expand, grow and export. I just see this creating so many opportunities for people because, you know, so many... How many people do you know who've come up with a good idea for something and they just know they're never going to do anything about it because they don't have the right contacts, they don't have the right places to 
access to venture capital, mm. all, all those kind of barriers. And this is just getting rid of so many of those. It's, it's really opening up opportunities to people. Absolutely. And it's, it's not just the capital as well. It's not just the investment that you get. There are you know, hundreds of examples of businesses that have raised fun, funding through the site, but they've also been exposed to investors that have got experience and expertise that's relevant to the company. So they're either coming on, they're either um, helping out with the company, they're working as mentors, they're working as non-exec directors, even taking on um, paid directorships. So there's a, there's a yeah, there's a there's a hidden benefit to um, to the fundraising. Not it's not just cash. It's, it can be. I found that with my books, you build up a relationship with your readers. The readers give you criticism, and and sometimes mm. it helps. Sometimes the readers. There's one guy uh, I know who who actually uses his readers as his proofreaders. Yeah, well, that's crowd. Yeah, that's crowdsourcing your book, isn't yeah. it? I yeah, guess. yeah. You might as well get. It. And then the next yeah. step is to get them to write it. That's the yeah. trick, Dominic. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that would be ultimate delegation. <laughs> now, the, the 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 problem I had when I funded my books is, I found crowdfunding was totally all-consuming. It was a lot of work getting all the uh, the pitch and everything ready, uh, and then actually just constantly dealing with all the inquiries. And then every day you're going on your phone, how much have I raised? Have we raised any more? It is totally all-consuming. That's just the nature of the beast and it is what it is or do you have any comments on that it it can be i mean some businesses um have gone onto a crowd cube and they've raised money within within hours so it doesn't necessarily have to be all consuming i think i think what it's down to is preparation and making sure you're well prepared for your pitch you do you do yourself justice in the pitch you tell the right story and you 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 make sure that your um business idea is is interesting for investors um, if you do that and you can do it well and you've got a good network that you've primed and got ready, you can you can really get off to a flying start. And we've certainly, you know, we've seen businesses raise money in, in a matter of hours on the site. So. Okay. You do know, by the way, I've been talking to somebody about this, there is a TV programme in development all about crowdfunding. Really? Okay. I think it's trying to do a crowdfunding Dragon's Den kind of right. thing. Okay. So Exciting. That's how big it's becoming. Now, yeah. here's a question for you. So I invest in Company A. I like companies A's... Uh, product i'm persuaded by the investment case and so on i invest some money now if i invest money in a company that's listed on the stock market at a certain point if i don't like what the company is doing or i feel that the company has now reached a very uh, extreme valuation whatever it is i can sell Mm -hmm. i have an exit strategy what is your exit strategy with um, a company like this that is not publicly owned? Have you got yeah. to find someone to buy your shares? Well, I, I guess unlisted securities or, or private companies are a very different beast to pu- public companies. So you're really placing um, your your trust in the in the, the founders of the company, the, the management team of that company, to, to grow the business in an appropriate manner and, and sell at some point in the, in the future. So... Yeah, we're always we're always very clear with investors that you know these are high risk investments. They're illiquid, which means you can't sell them easily on a on a stock market. Um, can't sell un- them at all. Yeah, you can't sell them at all. Yeah, well, you can if you find if you find someone who's willing to oh, okay. to buy them. I meant on the stock market. Yeah, so on the stock yeah. market now. Yeah, but yeah, if, if you if you found someone that wanted to to buy your shares, then there there is the possibility that you could transfer them, um, but you'd have to get the consent of the company to do that. So that is an issue. Because you are leaving yourself beholden to management. It is. Well, yeah. You're, you're may putting, I say this is, where, this is where crowdfunding has to evolve mm. because, it, I mean, it's still, it's, it's still, it's still a business in its infancy mm. and it is fantastic. But it, there is the vulnerability that people can 
you know, pumps, pump and dump, basically. And, that you know, the unscrupulous, once they realise the opportunities there, will use it to persuade people to invest in certain things and then it'll be rubbish. So what I'm, I'm suggesting now, how that has to evolve is is um, perhaps we need some kind of crowdfunding stock market or some kind of... Do you know what I mean? That, that would be yeah. the next evolution. Potentially. I mean, I, I, I don't think people... I don't think it would be easy for people to um, corrupt the system. You know, I think we've got some very stringent processes and checks that we take yeah. into the, the businesses and, and we you know, we make sure that we read all of the information that a business... You've obviously never dealt with anyone who works in mining. <laughs> no, we don't actually. No, no. Interestingly, the smiley-faced but, mining entrepreneur who yeah. will sell you anything and you will believe him. Yeah. But anyway, carry on. But on. yeah, so I mean, we we do lots of we lo- do lots of checks and we make sure that every pitch on CrowdCube is fair, clear, and not misleading. So if you say the market size is thirty billion and you're selling your product in Waitrose, then we need to see evidence of that. So. Yeah, the the, the 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 notion is that a pitch needs to be um, honest and truthful and, and not misleading. Um, in in terms of having an exchange where people can buy and sell shares, that's that's that, that's quite a common discussion among um, crowdfunding platforms in the crowdfunding industry. And I think at some point, um, an exchange will you know, will emerge yeah. to to facilitate the, the the buying and selling of these shares. Yeah, somebody's going to develop that, and that'll be. The next thing that'll be stock markets, but without everything that comes with stock markets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, new stock markets. Um, very interesting, Luke. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We're coming to a close now. I want to. Um, it's. It's. I, I suppose you've got. You know, dealing with all these companies and vetting them and starting up this own this company yourself, you have quite a a unique insight into entrepreneurs, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, how it works. And, um, you know, the, the, the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you can be short, tall, fat, white, thin, black, brown, you can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing, um, you know, so what, but there are kind of common co- characteristics that all entrepreneurs have, um, determination, uh, um, staying power, um, a little bit of imagination, get up and go, all those kind of things. So just, let's just talk about, you know, Imagine you were doing in the film Weird Science, and you were designing your perfect entrepreneur. What what qualities would they have? Um, uh, th- some of the ones that you've already d- described. I think determination is really really important. Um, uh, tenacity as well. Yeah, that never kind of give up mentality, um, and also you yeah, having a vision. So so having a clear idea of where you want to be. Um, and where you want to go, but also being able to 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 listen to people as well. You know whether you um, take on their advice, but I, I do think it's important to listen to to feedback um, along your journey. Yeah, and, and you know, whether you decide to to take that advice or not is is down to you. But you can. Yeah, I always think the best entrepreneurs are the ones that 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 listen um, and have that tenacity and that vision that they want to to, to deliver. All right. Well, great stuff, Luke. Um, Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Why don't you give out your website address one more time so that listeners can uh, go and take a look at it? Yeah. So if you want to join the 150,000 investors um, looking for great investment opportunities on the site or you're looking to raise funding for your business, then the web address is www.crowdcube.com. Crowdcube.com. Luke Lang, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. 
we've got all sorts of brilliant guests lined up in the coming weeks. We've got Tony Blair's former head of strategy, Alistair Campbell, coming in to tell us about his new book, Winning. We've got a great show about artificial intelligence. Will it destroy or save us? We've got Merrin Somerset-Webb from the FT and the uh, editor-in-chief at Money Week. And we're going to be talking to Richard Branson himself. The best way to keep up with the show is to subscribe via iTunes or RSS. It's early days and we've got all sorts of exciting plans, including a Virgin podcast app. But for now, iTunes or RSS is the way to go. And finally, visit virgin.com, the home of Virgin, and read Richard's blog, as well as all sorts of interesting stories and opinion pieces on travel, tech, music and entrepreneurship. That's virgin.com, the home of Virgin. I'm Dominic Frisby. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. The Virgin Podcast was presented and produced by Dominic Frisby, with thanks to Jack Preston and Christian Anderson Ramshaw. 